0: Upward family, great to see you guys on this rainy morning today. Glad you made it out. We're going to have a good time today. We're in a series called Follow, and we're learning to follow Jesus. And the thing I've heard from so many of y'all, that it's amazing how clear and how simple things become when you just think about life in terms of following Jesus. It's that simple. Every morning, we're called to get up and follow after him with our lives And things get really simple. Things get really clear. I believe that God has a plan for all our lives. I really do. I believe that before we were born, he said this about Jeremiah. Before you were in the womb, I knew you and I knew what I would called you to do. And I truly believe that God has a plan for everybody before they were born. He has a path that he wants you to walk in, a place he wants you to arrive And a lot of good things to happen on the way. Do you believe that? God has a plan for our lives. He really does. Every one of us, not just the preachers, but every one of us. God has a calling for us. And it can get so complicated sometimes trying to figure out what he's doing and what you're supposed to do. In the midst of all that complication, you can rest in this. You're just called to follow. Anybody go to the grocery store and you have your favorite grocery store that you go to that you know where everything is? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You go to the store, and you know where everything's at in your store. I went recently to a grocery store that wasn't my store, and I had to find this one particular thing, and I was abundantly and totally lost. I could not find it. It was hidden somewhere. They seem to move them around sometimes to keep us guessing. And I asked somebody, I said, where is this? They said, follow me. And in that moment, I had no worries I didn't have to worry about the aisle number. I didn't have to worry about what section it was in, front or back, up or down. They said, follow me, and they took me right to the thing. That's the promise of Jesus for you today. You don't have to worry about all the aisle numbers and all the complications. You're simply called to follow after him. Now, we talked about two words. We'll take the third today. At the beginning of this series, we said there are three words we're going to talk about. First of all, listen. Second, obey. And thirdly, abide. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to abide in Christ. Now, I've heard that said all my life, that we are to abide in Christ. And I've really struggled to understand what that actually means. You heard things growing up, I did anyway, called pray. They said, We are to pray without ceasing. And that's in the Bible. Pray without ceasing. My first thought is, Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Right? I'm busy. How is it possible? And I've got a job. I've got to work. I've got to do things. I can't stop and have prayer meeting 24-7. What does it mean to abide in Christ? Abide sounds like it's a long-term thing. It sounds like a commitment. It sounds like if I'm going to abide in Christ, it's going to take up a whole lot of time, and I don't have a whole lot of time. Any of you ever feel like they've shrunk the hours in a day, that we have less than we used to? If you've got young children, I promise you, you're feeling that way right now. You got little kids at home, school's just now starting back and you're getting back into the routine of getting everybody up and trying to get them to eat something and get some clothes on them and get them out the door and get them to school. You get them to school and then uh, in most homes mom and dad go to work so you work all day and then uh, along about 3 o'clock you got to start figuring out what you're going to do with these kids again. You pick them up or meet them at the bus or whatever it is. They've got homework to do. Am I describing anybody's life here today? I bet I am. There's homework to do. As soon as you get the homework done, they've got two or three or ten activities that they're involved in. And you rush to these activities, hit a drive through for dinner on the way there, and then you get home and everybody's worn out. You go to bed and you start all over the next day. And you do that five days a week. And then Saturday, you catch up on everything you couldn't get done during the week. And on Sunday, you've got church. And hopefully, you rest on Sunday afternoon. You say, how am I going to fit abiding in Christ in all that? I struggle with that because we're busy. I struggle with abiding in Christ because I want to slip over to abiding in Andy sometimes. You ever experience that? I'll go out, and, and it's easy. If, after this great worship, wasn't this great worship today? Don't you just love this team and how they worship God? It's so easy in the midst of worship to just feel like, yeah, I'm in Jesus right now, and I'm abiding in Christ, and this feels good. And then uh, you hear a great sermon. <laughs> amen, amen. That's your time to shine right there. Uh, hear a great sermon, and you meet your church family. Don't you just love being with the church family? I felt compelled to say this this week. Everybody needs a church family. You don't just need a church you attend. You need a church family. So if you haven't found a church family yet, welcome to the family. Let's get to know each other. Let's be a family. I don't know about y'all. I do know about y'all. We need this. I need this and you need this. But it's so easy to feel like I'm abiding in Christ when I'm with my church family. Then I get out of this place and somebody ticks me off, and I decide to abide in Andy. You know what I'm talking about? What does it actually mean to abide in Christ? We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2 today. And in Philippians chapter 2, I think we begin to learn that abiding in Christ is not an activity, it's a mindset. A big part of abiding in Christ is having the mind of Christ when you're in the middle of difficult situations. A big part of abiding in Christ is thinking like Jesus thought. Do you know when you got saved, Jesus came into your heart? When you got saved, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody will open the door, I'll come in and fellowship with him. That means when you say yes to Christ, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, transforms your heart and he comes to abide in your heart. And he's not going anywhere. He's not looking for a way out. He's not looking for you to make a mistake so he can exit. He's come to your heart and he's come there to stay. He changes your heart. And the devil gets mad at it because when Jesus comes to live in your heart, Satan has lost your heart. But I want you to hear this. When Satan realizes he's lost your heart, he goes after your mind. Because if he can wrestle with you in your mind and cause you to think like he thinks, he can keep you from living to your full potential in Jesus Christ. Some of you, God saved you and he's changed you and he's called you and he's got potential for you. He's got giants for you to slay. He's got great things for you and the enemy knows it and he sees it and he works overtime in your brain again and again and again to get you to still think with your old mind. One of the difficult places to be is when you got a new heart and an old head. You got a new heart and an old mind. You can live in tough times because the enemy messes with your mind. He speaks things, he lies to you, he tries to make you think like the culture around you. People always talking about how Christians are supposed to be different, and we are supposed to be different. But it's not just about cutting your hair and putting on different clothes. A lot of churches I grew up in talked a whole lot about your haircut and your clothes and what you put on. I'll tell you what ought to be different about the Christian is the way they think. Christians should think differently from the rest of the world. Paul said you have the mind of Christ. And one of the keys to abiding in Christ is staying in the mind of Christ and not getting into your old mind. What is the mind of Christ? What is is it like? Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2. He says this, let this mind be in you. Can you grasp that for just a minute? The apostle Paul says, let this mind be in you. He said, allow this to happen. It sounds rather passive, like it's something that is coming towards you. It's something that someone else is trying to do and you need to allow it to happen. Can I tell you, that's exactly how it works. Jesus has come to live in your heart and he is working to get his mind into your mind and what you have to do is allow his thoughts to become your thoughts. Romans says this, you are to be Transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? That means Jesus wants to take you from thinking like you thought to thinking like He thinks. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to think. Y'all are so obedient. (laughs) One more time. Look at your neighbor. Don't look at your neighbor then. Say, I'm going to think. Like Jesus thunk. (laughs) I'm going to think like Jesus thinks. Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, what is the mind of Christ like? He tells us this, and this is critical to abiding in Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. What does that mean? Paul, this is a very deep passage. In fact, the many Bible scholars believe Philippians 2, this section, was a hymn sung by the early church. So this is a song that they sung. What does it mean that Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God? It simply means this. Jesus was and is God. He's not just a good teacher or a mighty prophet. He is the Son of God. He is God come in human flesh. Jesus knew this. This was in his mind. He knew who he was he didn't consider equality with God something he had to strive for and grasp. He knew that he was God. Part of the mind of Christ is knowing who you are. We're, in two weeks, we're going to start a series called ID. ID. We're going to talk about identity because it's one of the key battlegrounds in our culture today. We're going to talk about identity and what it is to know your true identity in Jesus Christ and know who you are in this world. A Christian, all the time, to get the mind of Christ, God is calling him and moving upon him and moving upon her to discover who they are in Jesus Christ. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he was God. He knew he could do anything. He knew his exalted position. Do you understand that? But then here's what it says He's up here, He's God. But it said, He made Himself, knowing all this, He made Himself of no reputation. That's the mind of Christ. We live in a world where people are trying to make themselves of big reputation, don't we? Isn't social media such a temptation to build your reputation? You see people on social media who the one thing they're trying to do more than anything else is tell everybody else they have a perfect life. There's a thing going on now. I just heard it yesterday, and and I'm way, way behind. You heard it before. People will rent cars just to take pictures with them. There are places now you can go that you rent out the space and it's this luxurious, elaborate backdrop. It's more like a movie set than it is real. And you pay good money to go in there to take selfies in there like you're staying there. Because so many in the world today are concerned about building a big reputation. And many times it's the people who don't have it who want you to think they have it. What Paul is saying is Jesus had it and didn't have to impress anybody with it. That's the mind of Christ. He knew who he was. He knew what he could do. Understand, Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. He could have called a legion of angels to come down and wipe the earth up with all those soldiers. He could have come off that cross because he was God. Yet he chose it. People say Jesus was murdered. Jesus was not murdered. He gave his life because he was God. He willingly laid it down. He was not a victim. He offered himself. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal to God. He had this highly exalted position. But he made himself of no reputation. He didn't care. Then it said this, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of of men. He took one step down when he came as a man. Imagine you're God, and in order to save those rascals down there, you got to go down and become one of them. So he took a big step down. He's God, and he came down to become a man. But he wasn't finished. He came down even further. He didn't come down to be a, a king. He didn't come down as a mayor. He didn't come down as a city leader or as anybody in authority. He came down as the son of a poor carpenter who worked with his hands and learned to trade. Paul says he came in the form of a bondservant. Isn't that exciting to your soul? It is to mine that God, when he came in human flesh, could have come as a king. He could have come as a leader. He could have come as a politician. He could have come as anything, but he chose to come in the form of a bondservant. Then it said this, he became obedient even to the point of death. Not only did he come down to be a man, he came down to be a servant, but he came down to die. You think he's hit bottom yet? No, he came down even further. See, this is the mindset of Jesus Christ. You've got something great, and you are something great but you lay everything aside to become a servant of others. That's what it is to abide in Christ. He was God. He became man. He became a servant. He died, but Paul takes him down even further. He became obedient even to death on the cross. Did you know the cross was reserved as a death penalty for the very worst criminals? The cross was the end of life For the absolute worst human beings on earth. And Jesus, God in the flesh, our Savior, came from heaven to be a man, to be a servant, to be put to death, to be put to death, even the death of the cross. The mind of Christ is knowing who we are, knowing what we have and laying it all down to serve other people. What does it mean to abide in Jesus Christ? In every situation you find yourself, take the form of a servant. You're so excited about that this morning, aren't you? In every situation you're in, lower yourself to serve. Jesus told his disciples to do this. He said, when you go to a dinner... They had big dinners in the day. They had big dinner parties. And the host of the party, it would be like this. The host would sit up kind of in the center, kind of where I am today, and and there would be tables going off to the side and then tables going down to the back. And the guests who were really somebody, the people of reputation, would be invited to sit up next to the host. And the further you were away from the host, the less honored you were. I mean, he put his best people or she put her best people right up here. And then the further you got back to that back corner there, you folks in the back corner there, we love y'all so much and thank God for you. But in terms of a Jewish feast, not in terms of upward, in terms of a Jewish party, y'all barely made it to the party. Y'all just be thankful you got in. But it's the people up here that really counted. You know what Jesus told the disciples? He said, whenever you go to a party, sit back there. Give somebody else a better seat. And many times, if you choose the lowest seat, the host will call you up and give you a better seat. And that's good. The worst thing that can happen is try to take the best seat. And the host say, go sit back there. Amen? The mind of Christ is you let somebody else have the better seat. Y'all are so excited this morning. Let me really take you off. The mind of Christ is you give somebody the better parking spot when it's a rainy day. (laughs) Boy, I drove a nail in you right then, didn't I? The mind of Christ is knowing who you are and what you have and still choosing to serve. Bible scholars call this the great parabola of Scripture. Anybody know what a parabola is? Can I see some hands? A lot of math majors here today. Can I see some hands? Uh, it's the high school students who know what a parabola is. The rest of us have forgotten it. A parabola is like a symmetrical curve on a graph. Some of you older people knew it. You just didn't want to, you didn't want the rest of us to judge you. Look at that smarty pants over there acting like he does. A parabola on a graph is like this. It goes down smoothly and then it gets to the bottom and it goes back up again. It can also go up and come down. But for our purposes this morning, Here's the great parabola of Scripture. Jesus, you got to watch me, this is visual. Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of men and became obedient even to death on the cross. Therefore, here's the other side. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow of those in heaven of those on the earth and those under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Great parabola of scripture. He went all the way down and God brought him all the way back to the top. See in the mind of Christ the way up is down. The way upward is downward. Oh, I love that. You know what got us through COVID? Upward went downward. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. That was so good. It's not in my notes. That just came to me right here, and y'all just didn't. Upward went downward during COVID, and God took us upward. During the pandemic, we just decided to serve. We decided to forget us and forget about us and serve. And God said, there you go. Now we're bigger than we ever been and have more than we ever had and we can serve more than we ever served. And we didn't do any of it to get bigger or grow or have more. We did it to serve. The mind of Christ is this. Know who you are. Humble yourself. And God will exalt you. Amen. Amen. Whoever wants to be the greatest among you, let him become the servant of all. Now, There's another parabola in Scripture. Did you know that? It goes the other way. There's an angel, Lucifer, who has a pretty lofty position to start with. He didn't start at the bottom. He kind of started up here. An angel, Lucifer, was an angel in heaven with some authority. And his parabola goes the other way. I will ascend and try to become like the Most High. I will take the throne of God. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Which parabola you want to get on? Right now, you may feel like you're on the downward side of the parabola, but if you're abiding in Christ when you're becoming a servant, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be an upswing on the other side and God's going to work in you. God's going to fill you. God's going to vindicate you. God's going to show his glory through you in all kinds of ways when you make up your mind not to be served, but to serve. One of the things in our world today that's so difficult is there's an entitlement mentality in the world. I've got my rights I've got my rights. I'm offended that you didn't do this for me. The way to get hurt in 2023 is to get offended about something. Somebody says they're offended. Everybody, oh, what is it? Let's listen. The Bible says that offense is a tool of the devil. When we get offended, we're, we're in his camp. Amen? I don't get offended. People disagree with me. I go on happily believing what I believe and doing what God's called me to do. Sometimes it takes me two weeks, but I get there. (laughs) I was realizing while I was saying it, how easy I was making it sound. Jesus didn't walk in an entitlement mentality. He walked in a service mentality. What can I do to serve the kingdom and to bless people? That's the mind of Christ. What does it mean? How do we keep that mind in us? How do we apply that to our lives? It's so easy for me to abide in Andy. I want you to think about two questions today you can ask in your daily life. It's almost like two paradigms through which you view the world. And we have a way of doing this. We can view the world through the lens Of how everything affects me. Are you getting that? When something happens, you can think about, how does that affect me? And when it affects you badly, if you're looking at the world through the lens of how it affects me, you will abide in you. Many of us, and I'm with you on this, We struggle with being self-centered. Boy, it's quiet today. Y'all were all so happy just a few minutes ago. Don't we? Don't we struggle with being self-centered? Don't we struggle with thinking about how everything affects us? I told you last week about wanting to punch this guy. Did I tell you that? I told you that, didn't I? You remember that, right? I want to confess, I, did, I want to say I didn't go back to the store this week, so I didn't go back there. You remember I was going to go back and see him again. I decided, no, I'm not going back. I thought about this through the week. I thought about when that guy, if you don't remember the story, a guy was super rude to me in a store just a few weeks ago, and, or last week, and uh, I just wanted to strike out. It was bad enough. I wanted to punch somebody. And I know that that wasn't Jesus. Are we all clear on that? That was not the mind of Christ. I was definitely abiding in me. I stopped and asked why. Why did that rise up within you? It's because the only thing I could see in that moment was how his attitude affected me. What I couldn't see. What I could have seen if I'd wanted to is I could have seen what was actually going on inside of him. Abiding in Christ means laying down what I feel entitled to in the service of other people. Which means in that moment, what I could have thought is, what's going on in this kid's heart? Because it was a kid. I mean, sort of a kid. He's a big kid, but... uh, what's happened in this kid's life because I probably couldn't see that he may have had a terrible home life he may not have had many of the blessings that I have in my life and maybe his lashing out at me was a cry for help from somebody who could help him If he would curb his attitude. Abiding in Christ means. You carry the mindset of service with you throughout your day. And when things hit. You don't ask the question. How does this affect me? But you ask this more important question. I'm going to tell you something that will change your life right now. Are you ready for this? I'm serious about it. This will change your life. Every situation you get into, here's the question you ask God, what are you up to right now? That right there is how to abide in Christ. God, what are you up to right now? What are you doing in this moment? What are you calling me to do in this moment? How do you want me to live? I was talking with a friend recently. And I was talking with a friend about a very difficult person in their lives. Someone they were dealing with on a regular basis that was extremely, extremely difficult. Anybody have those people in your life sometimes you're called to deal with? And they're just difficult. And I was listening to his story about dealing with this very difficult person. And I found myself thinking, oh, man, that's awful. Man, I just get away from this person. I was thinking all kinds of thoughts and uh, this person said something to me that really helped me and really convicted me at the same time. This person said to me, I wonder what's happened in this person's life to make him that way. There's got to be some things that happened to him that made him act this way. And I thought at that moment, I'm talking to a man of God right now. And I'm learning how to act. Upward, can we have that mind of Christ? Can we go into situations and stop thinking about us? And just in the middle of those situations think, God, what are you doing in this moment and how can I be a part of it? I'm not saying we're the doormat to the world. I'm saying we carry a strength into our situations that we don't get rattled when things don't go our way because it's not about us. It's about what God's doing in that situation. Can we let this mind be in us and truly abide in Christ? Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege to know you, to love you, and to serve you. Jesus, help us with this. I know this is hard for me. It's got to be hard for others in the room today. Jesus, help us with this. That when we encounter situations and we feel offended, we feel hurt, we feel overlooked, whatever it is. Jesus, help us realize, help me realize, it's not about me. That you're doing something far greater in those situations And you're actually calling me to participate in what you're doing. Rather than getting offended and stuck in my own self-centeredness. Set us free, Jesus. May we abide in you by letting this mind be in us. Thank you for that, Lord. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Who here today would say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Can I see your hand right now? We won't embarrass anybody. I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Anybody in the room? I think I see a hand back there, all right. Amen. Go ahead and clap. Amen. Amen. How many would say, Pastor, I need to let this mind be in me. Pray for me. Can I see your hand right now? I need this. I need this. Yep, yep. Bunch of them. Jesus, be with us today. Be with us today. I want to pray right now for those saying yes to Christ. Pray with me now. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me for dying for me on the cross I give my life today forgive my sin come into my heart I receive you as Savior and Lord of my life from from this day forward I follow you I'll listen I'll obey I'll abide in Jesus name Amen God's given us some new dreams at Upward Christian Fellowship. It's a new season with new dreams and new vision, and we're so excited to unleash that on you guys, with you guys next Sunday. We're gonna follow Christ into some new things. I've just sensed in my heart a new season for all of us. Amen. Okay, I wanna bless you now. You ready? God's calling us to a new season and a new day. A deeper commitment than we've had before there's some things in our lives over the next weeks that God's gonna call us to drop off and lay down this is a blessing now God's gonna call you to lay down some of the things you've been watching some of the things you've been experiencing because he's got something better for you he's gonna turn up the level of purity and holiness in this church in a powerful way not in a legalistic sense not in a pharisaical sense in a joyful sense we're gonna come closer to Jesus Christ and walk in a deeper level of holiness because what he's called us to calls for that so I bless you today with those words today listen for his voice listen for his call he's calling you to go deeper and go further and I want you to hear that we're gonna hear that together over the next few weeks I bless you with that today I commission you go out in the name of Jesus make him known demonstrate him by the Holy Spirit to your world love you so much see you next week cannot wait you be blessed today